0: and welcome to another impromptu episode of Conversations of the Way. My name is Carlos. I'm your host as always. And uh, today we're going to talk about um, wanting to be like him. Now, I might date myself a little bit, but do you guys remember a commercial from back in the days of um, I Want to Be Like Mike? And I can't remember exactly what the commercial was selling. I can't remember if it was the drink itself or the shoes. I want to say it was a drink. But... uh, I remember that commercial vividly and I also thought about how there's so many kids out there, right? That want to be like their favorite star, idol, mentor, and so on. And look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't look up to people, certain people. I don't know about those people, but certain people. I think looking up to your father if he's a good father, and you know that that's a good thing. If you have a a, a righteous mentor, then th- that's a good thing as well. But first and foremost, we should want to be like God, like Jesus. You know, He came down to the earth and walked that straight and narrow path, show us how to walk, how, how to live in in goodness and faithfulness, and we should be wanting. Our children should be wanting to be like him. Like he should be our role model. He should be the one that we want to be like. You know, sports and money and businesses and all these other things can only take us so far in life. And after your life is done and complete, whatever time you're here on this earth, what's next after that? You have to leave something behind once you pass on to the other side. And money and fame and all these things eventually whew, go away, right? But it's the legacy that we live that we leave to our family walking the way he walked that matters. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. So I'll start with 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. It says and this is Paul, I believe, saying, "Follow my example, as I follow the example of Christ." Boom, right? Paul's right. That's the way we should do it. Now, what kind of examples did he give us on on the way we should walk? As we know, we, you know, they called him teacher, you know, and he should be our teacher. And it says on Luke six, verse forty, um, "The student is not above the teacher." But everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. So he's our teacher. We're supposed to be taught by him. And we're supposed to be walking like him. We'll never be above him. Right? But we need to be trained like him. Now, how do we get this training? Where do we get it from? Do we go to, you know, some university of theology? Do we go to church every day? How do do we do that? Well, you can say yes to all those things, for sure, to a certain extent. But the best way to be taught by him, because he is the word, is by reading the word, is by reading how he walked. And that doesn't mean only the New Testament when he comes into the scene. Remember, he's God as well. He's always been there. From the beginning all the way to the end. The story from beginning to end is about Jesus. Is about the redemption that we will eventually receive when he comes back again. So he's all over the scriptures. Not just starting the New Testament. Not just in Matthew, the Gospels, but all the way at the beginning. He's there. And I encourage you to go back and read and seek him and find him through the scriptures as well. So, I'm going to go through a few verses as well, talking about how we need to be walking like Him. So, let's go through a few of them. Let's start with John 5.30. I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. So, if Jesus is seeking the will of the Father then we should be doing the same. Now, you may ask yourself, okay, Carlos, what's the will of the Father in my life? Well, I think we'll talk about that in another episode, but I'll keep it short on this one. Look, in in my understanding of the scriptures, when, again, we talked this last episode, when the Pharisee says, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, to love God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then he says, to love your neighbor the same way. Right? So, that's God's will in your life, is to love Him and to love your neighbor. Well, Carlos, how do you do that? Well, again, the Scriptures tell you that. The Bible tells you that. All through the Scriptures, God gives you commandments of the things that you should do and the things you shouldn't do. He, he tells you how to love God and how to love your neighbor. And just to not keep this, not as long and, not in, and go into detail... Which ones? Well, all the commandments that he's given us is to show how to love God and to love our neighbor. But to keep it simple, there's at least the Ten Commandments that we all are acquainted with, right? You read those, and that's how you love God and you love your neighbor. So typically, the way it's seen is the first four are shows how to love God. And the other six show how to love our neighbor. And is there's do's and don'ts. So that's really God's will in our life. Now, there's other missions that he'll give us, right? Maybe it is to, you know, feed the poor, take care of the widow, look after the fatherless, right? Or maybe just simple things like, you know, keep your household in order or go to work every day with a good attitude or, you know, just have a smile every day. (laughs) He will give you different goals and missions in your life. But as long as you're loving him and love your neighbor, then you're for sure doing his will. Hebrews 7 26, for it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted, exalted above the heavens. The reason I added that is because that's what we need to be. If he was that way, right, and you know he, he says to have such a high priest, and we're supposed to be priests as well. And I don't mean that in a literal sense. I mean, eventually that will happens where we're supposed to be considered a priest, a priesthood. Not in the Levitical kind of mindset, okay? And we'll go into details in other episodes on that, but it also says to be holy, and holy means to be not like walking on water or something like that, but it's supposed to be the definition for that is to be set apart. But set apart from what? Well, not set apart from Him. We, we want to be close to Him. So what's the opposite of, of God? What is God, right? God is righteousness. What's the opposite of righteousness? Unrighteousness. God gave us His law, His instructions, and there's lawlessness, which He doesn't like. So... We need to be set apart from the things that are, are unrighteous, that are things that are sinful and 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 lawless, right? That's the things that we shouldn't be we should be apart from. So holy, we need to be set apart from those things. We need to be innocent, undefiled. In other words, we're pure, right? Not all of this relates to sin. And it says the end, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. Okay? So he was sinless. We're supposed to be sinless. Is that possible? Honestly, it can, it is possible, okay, because all things are possible with Him. So He, the Scripture said that He will never give us anything too difficult to do. So this definitely can't be done. It's just, it takes effort, it takes prayer, supplication, stands, giving, studying the Scriptures. You know, being in prayer and in in a relationship with Him. But it's definitely possible. Psalms forty-eight, I delight to do Your will. Oh my God, your law is within my heart. So, like I said before, we talked about this, right? He's doing God's will. And his law, his instructions, right? That's what instructions mean. So law is, it's, and I've explained this in other episodes. Law is the English translation of nomos, which comes from the Greek. And that just means instructions in Hebrew. Okay. So Torah, nomos, law. But all of that just means instructions. So it says his instructions are in my heart. And if you read the longest chapter in the scriptures, uh, Psalms one nineteen, if you read all of it, it, is David talking about how you know he loves the law of God, okay? And because his instructions are good, right? It's just like when your mother and your father gives you good advice, good instructions. It's for your own good. Even when you're when you were young, and they would tell you to do X, Y, Z, and you didn't understand why, but then you became older and wiser, or you became a, a you know a parent yourself, and you're like, oh, now I get why my mom and dad were telling me these things. You know, I was like, eh. remember when your parents would tell, you, don't hang around with those kids, but you didn't quite know why, and then later on you find out why. And you're like, oh man, that's why that's why they were telling me to do all those things. Well, it's the same thing with God, right? God has given you a set of instructions of what to do and not to do, and you're supposed to delight in those things. You're supposed to be happy to do those things. First Peter chapter two verse twenty-two, who committed no sin nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Okay, so we know that our tongue can produce life or death. Okay, deceit, lying, all that other stuff. All that stuff is not good, and you know this is i think this is something that we all struggle with to a certain extent it's so easy to say something negative about others or even yourself it's so easy to without knowing judging somebody without really knowing what's going on in their lives it's is the is the craziest thing if you think about it like you don't even know what's going on with people it's, it's, you know even I don't like um, the idols that we see on TV. I, I, I just think they're such a for the most part, they're just a horrible example to our children and to ourselves. They give you this false understanding of what life is really all about. And it's so easy to point fingers at them, right? There's, this, there's even this show that all they do is follow these people around, trying to find them... Um, stumbling that's all they're looking for looking for them to stumble and we have been so in, indoctrinized and so fed with these things that it just becomes natural in our life right it's like well here are these people laughing and talking about this this idol this star and everybody just laughing and it. it's all fun and games blah 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 and we watch it so much that we think it's okay to do it in our lives as well to point a finger at you know our boss or a co-worker or parents or or um our partner, uh, our husband, our wife, right? Or even our children. And, and that's that's bananas. We don't even know what people are going on in their lives, the difficulties, the struggles, or anything like that. And we're so quick to pull the trigger on, on, on saying something. So, no. Th- there shouldn't be you know, any, any of those things in our mind. Deceit is not just like lies or anything like that. We shouldn't even be saying those things, putting those things out there. Okay? um. I mean some people need to be called out for certain things. Don't get me wrong, but th- those things are should be a few far in between. There's specific situations on that. There's there's need to be prayer, there needs to be a body surrounding that. You need to have a very a heart filled with compassion and grace and mercy before you do all those things, okay? Again, speaking to myself here. No different than anybody else. John 8:29. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For I always do the things that are pleasing to him. I think we've talked enough about what pleases him. The do's and don'ts. But, you know, I think that what I try to do, and again, try, is every day, think of how I make sure that I please him every day. Especially when I step into... When I'm around people, certain situations that just, you know, drive me to the wall. You know, making sure that I'm still doing things that are pleasing to him. That I do give that grace and mercy to everyone as he has given it to me. Okay. Now, I'll leave that one alone. Nice and short. Luke 23, 24. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them. For they do know what they're doing, and they cast lots dividing up his garments among themselves. so <laughs> we are called to forgive others, and the scriptures say that if that we need to forgive before being forgiven. so if you're carrying anything you know in your heart against somebody else you know, bitterness and resentment and things like that, then you need to forgive those people for those, for the things that they've done to you. Doesn't matter how horrible it was. It doesn't mean that what they did was right. And doesn't mean that they're allowed to do it again. Um, And we, I think we talked about this of like turning the other cheek, sure, but it doesn't mean getting abused. But you have to, Pray about those things and to, and to discern it is in a case by case basis, but we, we are called to forgive others. It it, do, it, it doesn't work the other way around. It's not like we we receive forgiveness and then, you know, we can forgive others. No, I mean, God has forgiven us, right? Once we turn away from doing those things, you know, He for, He's forgiven so many of our of our things, right? So we we got to forgive others as well. And sometimes, you know, we we just need to do it for us. Like, in other words, let him things go. Okay. My understanding of can't there can't be full forgiveness unless the other person understands that they did something against you. And then they've come to you and said, listen, I, you know, I'm sorry for those things that I did. I, I shouldn't have done it. I repent. I'll never do that to you again. Forgive me. And then you should forgive that person. Okay? But, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. You know, sometimes they're not going to come to you and ask you forgiveness. But regardless, you can't dwell that in your heart. You just got to let those things go. Forgive them from far away and move forward. Right? And and don't hold those things so close to your heart. Give those things to to, to Jesus. Just say, Father, all these people hurt me. They did things to me. But I gotta let those things go. I, I know you're my, you're my everything. You're my savior. You're, you're my comfort. You're my deliverer. I don't have to carry this burden. I don't have to carry this heavy yoke. I don't have to carry this condemnation that people have put upon me, regardless of what they did or said to me. I just have to let it go, and you do, and you move forward, okay? And I'll finish with two more verses. One is John fifteen thirteen, and I've added this because it's one of my favorite ones. Greater love has no one than this: to lay down one's life for one's friends. And if you are aware were in the military or first responders, like you know, police officers, you know EMS, firefighters, then you know what the, you know what this means. You love someone so much that you are willing to give your life for them. And he did. He gave our life for us. So that's the ultimate true love. Right there, right? And that is awesome. Point to me, somebody else has done that for your life. No one, but he has, right? And we're talking about spiritual life and death. And when we don't have him, we're dead spiritually. And when we're in him, we are alive spiritually. Doesn't mean the problems go away. He did say, you know, this world will bring you tribulations and trials. But he also says, don't worry, for I have overcome I've overcome the world. So hang in there. And I'll finish with kind of put all of this together. And we've we've talked about this. Now, it sounds like a lot of repetition, but, you know, repetition is the mother of all skills. There's a reason why your parents tell you something over and over and over and over again. And as little kids, it drives us like, yeah, mom, you told me already. How many times you got to tell me? (laughs) Your parents are probably like, well, how many times you got to keep doing the same thing? (laughs) So that's why if you if you read the scriptures from beginning to again, from beginning to again, it's the same lesson over and over again. And this is the lesson. If you keep my, this is Jesus talking, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Why did the Israelites always get into trouble? Because they went after the ways of the nations. They didn't go after the ways of God. They went after the ways of the nations, after unrighteousness, after things that are sinful, lawless, and that's why they kept getting into trouble. Read First Kings and Second Kings. Man, how many times do those kings had to learn their lesson, over and over again? How many people? How many times did Israel go into exile? Both Israel and Judah. Once the kingdom was split, why? Because they didn't follow God's commands. So, do we want to remain in His love? Do we want to walk the way? Do we want to? Have, if we want to be like Him, what do we need to do? Keep the God's commandments, and He will remain in us. Just like Jesus kept His commandments. Easier said than done, to a certain extent, but that's what we need to do. There's no other way around. All right, guys. Well, that is all I have for you today. I hope that gave you some insight, gave you something to think about, something to pray about. And um, yeah, we'll leave it right there. I'll see you guys next time.